0: Hello, this is Eric Braden. You're listening to TV Confidential.
1: Roberts with a reminder that the next edition of TV Confidential will premiere next week on this station at the usual time. We hope you'll join us for that. In the meantime, our guest this hour is actor, director, screenwriter, and author Lou Antonio. Lou's book, Cool Hand Lou, My Fifty Years in Hollywood and on Broadway is a memoir of his life and career as an actor, screenwriter, and and director that also serves as an homage to the many teachers who graced his life one way or another throughout his career. Cool Hand Lou is available in softcover and as an ebook through our friends at McFarlane Books. You can order it by calling 800-253-2187, 800-253-2187, or go to McFarlanePub.com. If you want an autographed edition of Cool Hand Lou, from Lou Antonio himself, you can contact Lou through his website, louantonio.com. And, go, and going back to location, and, you know, talent is talent, whether they're in Hollywood or whether they're in Dallas, Texas, sometimes it's kismet, sometimes it's out of necessity, sometimes it's something that you recognize in the moment, you know, Lou, but you will discover a talent such as a Renee Zellweger.
0: Oh, gosh, yes. Oh, Renee, what a dear. Wow this little cute bundle of I was down in Texas was it was it the Henry Thomas no no no. it was the uh, yeah, I was the one about the oil rig I think. yeah and the, the local Texas woman the casting woman started sending me to local actors Henry Thomas among them at one time mm-hmm. uh, before E.T. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was uh, he was Oh, well, there's a funny story about her, Danny. But Zellweger had been making a living, a little cute 21-year-old or whatever, doing commercials Mm -hmm. in Texas. Nobody knew about her. And in comes this little thing. And my jaw just dropped when she read. It was just, number one, physically. Mm -hmm. She was so appealing. Mm -hmm. Ex-gymnast. I mean, she was really, and, and so without airs. And you would discover things like that on location. There are former actors all over the world. When I was down in Louisiana, this guy came in to read for me, kind of a sleazy looking guy who was sort of a local disc jockey in a way, but not really. (laughs) And and, uh, I said, now listen, let's do this thing. He said, listen, after he read the audition, he said, "Uh, you know, I was in the original radio production of War of the Mm Worlds, Orson Welles' War of the Worlds. And he said, I've got a cassette of it if you'd like it. What? You bet. And this guy gave me a recording, and he was in it, of the War of the World, that famous radio show that scared America. (laughs) I mean, you're always going to run into somebody interesting on location. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think the movie where you discovered uh, Renee Zellweger and that you worked with Henry Thomas on, that was the movie you shot with Mean Joe Green, right? The Henry was Mean Joe Green, yeah. Okay. All right. But okay, Renee was another movie, right? Yeah, I think that was with Jason Bateman. Oh, okay, okay. No, I, I, no you're, you're right. You're right. I'm, I'm cross morphing my movies.
0: But I tell you what, what, what's also fun about that is, uh, which I did mention in the book, is that when the Universal head of movies and television there saw the dailies of her and said, Who is she? Yeah. Gosh, who is that girl? I mean, they just knew when they saw her
1: on film. And sure enough, she went on to prove it. You know, you bring up an interesting point. Okay a lot of times you could watch dailies and you could realize okay that's a talented person if she's not under contract with someone they they ought to be okay so you can recognize talent when you see it now you have a funny story and you were you you return to this and, and it, ha- it goes back to your stage career where you being one or two years out of oklahoma university you you sort of said when you read a play why can't you recognize whether it's good or- <laughs> Yeah. And and that is is that that is one of those questions that people are still trying to answer today. <laughs> you know? So. Yes, I remember that. I I, I, know I know that's not a question, but that's the way my mind works sometimes, you know, because you, you said something that triggered that. But seriously, I've talked to one or two record producers, and they say they know a hit when they hear one, but their answer is always different. So to you, what to you makes a good play, whether it's a play for the stage or a play for television or a play for the screen?
0: Well, that's a toughie because they're hard to come by. Mm-hmm. But read Tennessee, read Arthur Miller, read some of the young ones today uh, that are happening. Somehow, and different people, uh, like like I'm gonna have a, a meeting later today of mm-hmm. uh, somebody that's been hired, a young woman who's been hired to direct a movie, mm-hmm. never directed before. And she's going to come over with her script, and we're going to go through it and talk about it and so forth. But my first thing that I will ask her is what about this script appeal to you? What interested you in this script? If she says the people, the plot, whatever, and then I'll know where she's coming mm-hmm. from. Mm-hmm. And it's so hard, uh, as most of us know, you can't, we're doing it for an audience, but we can't just do it for the audience. Right. Uh, maybe I should give that a different line, but we can't just do it for the audience. (laughs) Well, because,
1: well, well, because, you know, if it's a play, the audience is going to change every night. That's right. And boy, do they?
0: And they tell us what to do. Yeah. They really do tell us what to do. In my directing class at the studio, I said, okay, this is the way you see it. How does the audience see it? Mm -hmm. And I brought up a, a every quickie and I make it a quickie. I'm directing this one about a bunch of uh, nurses during Vietnam War and one of them kind of wants a drink now and then. So I worked with this young actress about what, why she needs a drink and all of that stuff and so forth and we got it and everything. Now when we did it at a preview in front of an audience, they laughed mm. when she asked for a drink. I went, how did that get my <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that was funny. Yeah. <laughs> so yes, they tell us an awful lot. That's, uh, and Patti LuPone has some words about the work that's done before an audience mm-hmm. and the work that's done because of the audience.
1: Yeah, and you got some stories about this in the book where that could be a trap that an actor can fall into, that just because you got a laugh with that line last night, if you try to recreate it in tomorrow night's performance, that may not be good for the play as a whole. So you-
0: yes, I bring that up once uh, with Elizabeth uh, Taylor Taylor. Mm-hmm. And- the Noel Coward play we did, mm-hmm. and another time that Garson Kanan, my very first Broadway play that Garson Canaan was directing, and after we had, uh, it was a comedy, mm-hmm. uh, had been a hit in London, no in Paris, it was still running in Paris after two years, mm-hmm. and Ruth Gordon was the star of this, but it was not a, a set-up, rim shot mm-hmm. kind of comedy, mm-hmm. it wasn't at all, and so we opened in, in Philadelphia, and his note the next day, was, some of you were going for the laughs, not the moment. Mm-hmm. So you've got to go for the moment and not the laugh. Yeah. Yeah. Or because, you
1: will not get the laugh. All right. Because and, and again, it goes back to what we talked about before. It comes down to the work. And then and in that case, the moment will serve the work in, in the long run, you know, through, you know, so that the play continues its run versus that momentary, okay, you know, go for the laugh.
0: It's almost a basic, but it's, but I don't know. Was it in sitcoms? I mean, sitcoms are really good now. I'm told. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't know what uh, was it. Van <laughs> I don't know. Where, yeah. where, you know, do a double take, and uh, oh, that's another one. I said to my other class. I said, you know, when you did the double take, there, you know, when I did the what, the accent. <laughs> 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 so well, yes, we do have to have another language now. Yeah.
1: Yeah, or th- this may not be a good example, but I'm I'm thinking off the top of my head. If you were to say like what Henry Fonda does, and if they say what who's a Henry Fonda, then you just say well like Jane Fonda because Jane's still on tele Jane's on television, <laughs> right now. so that might work for you in the moment, you know.
0: <laughs> uh, oh, Jane is, is God! She just gotten better every day of her life. Oh yeah,
1: yeah, Our guest this hour is Lou Antonio. Lou's book. Cool Hand Lou, My 50 Years in Hollywood and on Broadway is a memoir of his life as an actor and director. Cool Hand Lou is available in softcover and as an ebook through our friends at McFarlane Books. You can order it by calling 800-253-2187, 800-253-2187, or go to McFarlanePub.com. Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back. You have a great line about... Quinn Martin in your book. And again, it speaks to what other actors have told me. If you got on Quinn Martin's radar, you were guaranteed at least 10 jobs a year simply because he would always bring you back. And he had so many shows on the year. Right. Plus, you're unusual because you actually met him. Oh, yeah. Carol Rawson is, is another person you and I have in common. And she met him accidentally. And, and she told me that was unusual because once the actors were cast, Quinn stayed out of the way. He worked on the next set of scripts and he let the people he hired do their job. He didn't interfere.
0: Yep. He was a glorious guy in that regard. He, and gosh, he had, I don't know how many shows on the air. But the best line along that was Grant Tinker mm-hmm. when, when he was running NPM and then later NBC. But he, I didn't even know how it came up. But he, he said, I was directing for him then. Mm-hmm. He, he said, I hire somebody because they're good. Yeah. I wouldn't hire them if they weren't. So if they're good, I just leave them alone.
1: Yeah. Smart. Very smart. Very smart. And and I understand Jim Garner ran his production company the same way. Jim
0: did. A, I don't know how he ran the production company, but I just know that uh, because you never thought, oh, he's the boss. Yeah. No, he's he's the guy you get a chance to have work with. That's what he was. Well, uh, but I, I go field.
1: He told me, he told me, Lou, that I keep an eye on what's go. I mean, I know what's going on, but I don't micromanage because I believe people do their best work if you give them the space to do their job.
0: Well, he was uh, he was a master at it. Yeah, you never saw a better, uh, happier crew. Yeah, and and this this is also. I don't know if I. Even, Mentions, but when we were getting ready to go to do the uh, Las Vegas thing that I told you about, the mm-hmm. Boulder, Colorado, mm-hmm. Boulder, the Boulder mm-hmm. Dam thing, mm-hmm. well, uh, he he wanted to get out of there fast so the guys could get you know pack and all that stuff. Now, mind you, it's a four days work, but Andy Jackson, his uh, cameraman, whose mm-hmm. father was a cameraman, mm-hmm. uh, who told me even Andy said to me, you know, Lou, uh, when my dad was a cameraman, directors never set up the camera. The cameraman did. And then Kazan verified that later when he did a Two in and Brooklyn out here in 20th Century Fox. He worked with the actors, mm-hmm. he staged it, and then the cameraman would put where the camera goes. Yeah. So we've come a, 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 well, we've come a long way. I don't know if we've helped anybody. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and Garner, so this day, they wanted to get out of there. And still, I only had one 35 millimeter camera, that big old booby. And that crew you never saw it. We got out of there at 3 in the afternoon mm-hmm. with a 12-page day. they And, of course, Jim was immaculate. Everybody was on top of their game. And we got out of there at 3 after 12-page day. I tell you, you that's why I say Hollywood crews are the best in the world.
1: Louis Delgado told me once that on on Rockford Files in particular, but on other shows, Jim's crews were so efficient that once Universal had a a team observe them so that they can implement what what Jim was doing on some of their other shows to keep them under budget. (laughs)
0: Well that was smart of Universal <laughs> <laughs> One of the few smart things they did.
1: <laughs> my gosh. I'm glad
0: you know Louis. He was a wonderful Oh I
1: love I mean, I, I miss Louie. I mean Louis Louie was a straight shooting person. What you see is what you got.
0: And... Oh gosh. I was I was shooting something down in down south somewhere and there was a street called Delgado Street. Yeah. I took a picture of it and sent it to him.
1: <laughs> He said, My
0: people, my people. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Um okay, just just a couple of more questions. Sure. Um, you did a a couple of FBI's. I think you had in both of your shows. I think you had scenes with Ephraim Zimbalist. Do you have any memories of working with uh, Ephraim Zimbalist?
0: Just one of the one of the great guys. The biggest impression he made on me. Uh, in another, uh, we were on location somewhere out of town or into. I didn't matter. Anyway, he drove up in his vintage Packard convertible. Yes,
1: I've, yeah, I heard about that.
0: Ah. Oh. And he got out and he unscrewed the hood ornament because he was afraid someone steal it. I don't to about the FBI and he's afraid of somebody stealing something <laughs> off his car. <dog. laughs> that struck me as funny. Anyway, he was a consummate pro, and I mean that not in a cold way. No, he he was off stage for you. He would crack up. I was having trouble in that one thing I told you about. Mm-hmm. Uh, about the producer. The director would say, Oh, you, know, you got through the oh, let's do it. No, no But he was there. His confidence was comforting yeah. to the other actor. Yeah, and I wish I could have had a chance to direct him. But he was just there for you. Mm-hmm. Always, always leaning in to watch the other actor. Yeah. And did I tell did I tell you the one about uh, when I uh, when he said it's uh, you ever hear the word smog? No. Well, it's in the book. I think I don't know, but so I repeat myself. So what? I was played the bad guy again, and I came out from New York as I used to do mm-hmm. uh, in, in the summertime, and it was hot, and we were in Glendale, mm-hmm. and my bad guy had to run and jump over and climb over a fence and get a and, and I was in shape then. I was an ex athlete. Mm-hmm. And after about two takes, I was, (sighs) 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 and I said, gosh, Sam, I I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm out of breath. He said, Lou, have you ever heard of the word smog? (laughs) (laughs) I said, is that what my eyes are burning? He said, yes. In those days, it was murder. Yeah. They used to have smog alerts. Mm -hmm. Do you remember those? Yes, I do. Gosh! If there was too much smoke, to try not to leave the house. I yes. mean stuff like that. But yeah. that's the kind of guy he was. Yeah. He he kept his eye on the other person; it just wasn't about him. Yeah, I, I I really adored him. He was such a good guy, and his daughter is so talented.
1: Very, very talented. Very. Oh, very. She's wonderful. I, I had a chance to talk to Stephanie many years ago. She was a lot of fun, and 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 it went so well. I mentioned to Stephanie I wrote a book on Maverick. I mean, if I sent you a copy, would you send it to your father? And she said sure, and I did it. And then, like two months later, I got a call. It was Ephraim, and he said thank you.
0: oh see, there you go. Yeah, there you go. And Steph is the same thing. She's she's wonderful.
1: Very much so. And I
0: wish you were working more, and I'm sure she was. But you know, things happen in our business. and, and
1: Well, stuff. yes, but you know, look going back to Netflix and some of the streaming platforms. They're giving opportunities to actors of a certain age. So, you know, I mean, a lot of actors, a lot of actors in their 70s or 80s are, are appearing on all these shows because there's so many of them. So you never know. And we, and we have a lot of industry people listen to our show, Lou. So, uh-huh. um, you know, so maybe a casting director will say, you know, may, let's look up Stephanie Zimbliss.
0: Oh, um, I hope so. Yeah. And number one, she sings. God, can
1: that woman yes. sing? Yes. Yes, she can. Yes, she can. Okay, final question for now, because if all goes well, I'd love to have you back on our show. But sure, I'd love this. One. I'm fine. fun. Final question for now. You mentioned you come from an athletic background. You know, specifically, you originally wanted to be a baseball player. So, yes. Uh, yes. as as we record this conversation, uh, we're a few weeks away from spring training. Which team do you follow? Well, <laughs> Boston Red that Sox. That's that's what I thought, because Ted Williams was one of your very first. That's athletes. right.
0: Yeah. Dead, dead and I wanted I was a catcher and I wanted to be Bertie Tebbett mm-hmm. in those days. Yeah, and uh, I mean we 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 had a thing called the Y, the Wiley y YMCA League. Was mm-hmm. you know like uh, under twelve, twelve and under, and then twelve to fourteen or something. Mm-hmm. So we were always playing ball. I mean, it was just expected of young uh, young men in those days, young sons. You just you just you did athletics. Mm-hmm. And I, I, when I went to high school, I was a, a, a two-sport letterman, and just loved it, and then got hurt, and stuff like that. But the the Red Sox, I still follow, because I, you know, this, I think it, I, I, I told the story of when I had a signing at the actor's studio, um, when I first met Lee and mm-hmm. he we talked about Willie Mays and, yeah. <laughs> and Ted Williams. He's still on my mind. Yeah. I mean, I can still see that swing. Wow, mm-hmm. gosh. Mm-hmm. And, and then when I went up to Boston uh, to visit my grandson, who was in college there, but the poor grandson weren't doing well at all, but I got on one of their little tour buses and they went around and went to Fenway Park and stuff like that. And, and I'm so glad to see they snapped out of it. No, but it's a, it's a great town, and, uh, and Ted Williams,
1: Bertie Tebbits, my idols. I watched a couple of games at Fenway. One time I sat in the bleachers, and I, I'll never forget this. It was a hot day in the middle of July and it was a one-sided game i think they're playing milwaukee and someone decided to bring a beach ball and (laughs) and and now in 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 l.a beach balls in the stand that's part of the culture but it doesn't work in other cities and i learned that in boston because it landed in the bullpen and one of the pitchers got a rake and and he got the crowd worked up and people were saying, rake, 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 rake. And he took the rake and he smashed that beach ball. <laughs> now that's a scene. Yeah, very very much so, very much so. Lou, I cannot tell you what a pleasure it's been to spend some time with you. Uh, I hope we'll have a chance to chat again on TV Confidential.
0: I, I hope so too, because it's been great fun for me. Uh, I must say if- if I ever do another one of these, I hope it, it equals the fun of this one, and and, 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 and your skills, my gosh! Uh, you know, you didn't hardly hardly talk about yourself. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: the the way I see it, my it, this is the Lou Antonio show. Whenever you, <laughs> that's that's the idea. Cool Hand Lou is available in soft cover and as an ebook through our friends at McFarland Books. You can order it by calling eight 800- hundred. Two five three twenty one eighty seven eight hundred two five three twenty one eighty seven or go to McFarlandPub.com if you want an autograph edition of Cool Hand Lou from Lou Antonio himself. You can contact Lou through his website LouAntonio.com.
0: perfect time to do something good for the vets. Give back to the vets right now for all they've done for this country. And your old car can really help them. So call the Veterans Car Donation Program right now for free pickup of your vehicle. Help the vets and help your taxes at the same time. Call right now. 800-890-1032. 800-890-1032. 800-890-1032. That's 800 890 1032.
1: Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at TVconfidential.net, talk at TVconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash TV Confidential, x.com forward slash TV Confidential, or at